Daredevil, Scrotal Recall is really funny. Scrotal is right. Yes. yes. I, it's That's on my queue. I haven't started that yeah. one Yeah. Oh, queue it up. Um, I love binge watching. Yeah, I mean, I binge and not just, I mean, look at the size of me, man. I'm a binger. Did not leave the house until I just hours and hours every day, and I loved it. I am a big watcher. Four Midwest Guys presents Binge Watch. everybody and welcome back to four midwest guys presents binge watch today we'll be reviewing jessica jones season one and here with me today to do, help me do that is mr brian eggenbauer yeah what's up what's up what's going on b and my brother Aaron. hey man how's it going pretty good dude pretty good so we'll be reviewing uh jessica jones tonight season one uh this is the uh, uh our second uh binge watch and uh, we're kind of going in order with these. Uh, this is the second Netflix uh, Marvel comic book series. Uh, just doing this one before we go back to Daredevil season two. Season just two, kind of timeline of how. Yeah, it was we're just released. kind of following sequence because it makes sense. Yeah, kind of sort of. I see where you go. The thought process is because you can't really talk. There's certain things you can't talk about because they. Yeah, by the time you get to Daredevil season two, like this kind of plays into that one a little bit, and then it plays into Precisely. Luke Cage further on. So, so for those of you playing at home, yes, after we do Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil season two, then we will review Luke Cage. Yeah, and so. maybe by then Iron Fist will be out, so we're all on to that one. Right, and we'll be caught up and ready to go. Yeah. So, uh, again, yeah, this was the second Netflix comic book series, uh, another 13 episodes. Uh, big difference between Daredevil and uh, Jessica Jones, I think, is this thing is just way more dramatic and way more character driven. There's well, yeah, no think, no punches pulled. With I think this series. you can make the argument Daredevil was very physically violent. This is very emotionally violent. Yeah, I I'd like to say that everybody has PTSD, post traumatic syndrome. Oh, in um, the show, yeah, in some shape or form. There's a lot of characters that do. Like, there's probably yeah. only if like some cases you'd probably deal more with grief, anxiety, maybe even survivor's guilt. Yeah. Like, so you do have variations. Where it's not just post-traumatic stress, but yeah, everyone's dealing with their own emotional issues Well, yeah. by the time you're even kind of in the beginning or even midway through the show. Absolutely. Brian? Yeah, I mean, I'm same same boat as you guys. You can tell that everybody has their own issues. It's all coming after the Avengers. Right. Because mm-hmm. uh, they, I think, didn't they make reference to it in the very yeah, beginning? Yeah, they make reference to that it. That yeah. in, like, midway through the season, you have, like, the couple that's trying to, like, lure Jessica into, like, a hotel room so they can kill her. Right. To get revenge on, like, what all the other metas did or some shit. Right. So I mean, there's some contrived, like, bullshit. Yeah, you, so you can you can tell that they're, they're dealing with the aftermath of... The Avengers coming out and mm. being the yeah, special team, whatever. This is, works, this is yeah. Hell's Kitchen, which is right in the base of where a lot of the destruction happened when the whatchamacallit the came. Alien invasion. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you can you can tell a lot of people are going to have, not maybe not yeah. so much post-traumatic stress, but a lot of deep emotional issues. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Especially dealing with a character like Kilgrave, as we do later 
in the series, like, after you kind of get his abilities out, like, you, there's a bit where he, like, more or less just takes over a family's home and the kids are just trapped in the closet, you know, pissing themselves. Like, yeah. there's no walking away from that with, you know, pleasant, you know, <laughs> memories. Like I said, they pull no punches. I mean, we deal with rape. Uh, we deal with drug abuse, child abuse, um, mm. even incest, really, if you count that weird couple, neighbor couple. I don't know. Like, yeah. it's weird, but I'm not sure, like, how clear it is on that. Like, it's, it kind of implies it, it pretty heavily, It implies it right? pretty heavily. It, they don't come out and say it, but they might as well. I yeah, mean, like, then you have, like, the brother that has, like, a crush on her, and then she gets, or he gets jealous, killed. And, and she gets, she's jealous. Yeah, it gets super time. jealous, and yeah. it's like, yeah, it's definitely a super weird relationship. It's very, yeah, they don't. There's nothing in this series that that is mild. Yeah, I mean, and, like, her next-door neighbor is, like, a drug addict. Yeah. Who's, you know, eventually we find out is actually following her around on Kilgrave's order. Who not only was a journalist, but, like, was actually, or, no, he was a social worker, wasn't he? I believe it was a social worker, Yeah. yeah. Like, he was a social worker, and Kilgrave, like... Got him hooked on drugs so he could easier make it easier to control him. Precisely. That's like how fucked up is that? Well, that, well, that's a mastermind villain to a new degree. We, oh yeah. You know, we we we're used to like the master plot. I'm going to steal a nuclear weapon and hold it hostage. Yeah, but you look at Kilgrave like, like this. He's just like he just wants to do whatever he wants to do at that moment. He's just a no. selfish, you know, yeah. psychopath. Well, I remember when this first came out. We talked about it on DC Kings, Marvel DC Kings. Yeah. We said this was probably one of the best Marvel villains we had to date. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. For me, this is up there with Kingpins. Yeah. yeah. Like, and honestly, the funny thing is, like, you look at the Netflix series, like, between Kingpin and Kilgrave, like, they're two of the best villains in Netflix, or in the Marvel, like, film television universe. Yeah, I would say, like, um, the only, only, only three that really stand out to me is Kingpin and Kilgrave and Loki. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Are really the only three that I, I even... Mean, that and I mean, you could probably throw in Red Skull there, but he's just—he's yeah. so, so brief. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's why it's like you can't even really kind of put him in the same category. But at least he's iconic enough to where he's recognizable. But right. All right, so let's let's get into uh, the character. We're going to go character by character and just talk a little bit about him uh, for the rest of the podcast. So, obviously, let's talk about Jessica Jones, who's played by Kristen Ritter. Uh, it does it a does really good job. Actually, very very good job. And, like, I think before this, like, she did, what was it, Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23 or something? I like hadn't seen, she looks familiar. Yeah, the B in Apartment 23. Oh, okay. And that's, like, the only thing I really, like, know her from, and I only saw a couple episodes of that. The funny so. thing is, she looks familiar, but I've never seen her in anything, if yeah. that makes any sense. Well, because she looks very similar to Rose McGowan. Now, maybe that's what it is. Like, she, she kind of has some of the similar attributes, like, when you're just kind of glancing at her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually don't know who Rose McGowan is off the top of my head. So. Uh, Rose McGowan was also she was in Charmed. She was one of the sisters in Charmed. Oh, okay. Um, she she was in that movie um, Jawbreaker. Oh, okay. I kind of know what you're talking about then. Yeah. Right. She usually plays the evil, yeah. evil character. Or something oh, okay. Like. But uh, but yeah, she did a really good job. Um, this character has been torn apart in many different ways. She's been torn apart by her parents' death. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it has, then, like, her parents died when she was, what, like, 8 or 12 in that range? Right. At a very young age. Right, and then, you know, she has to deal with her uh, with her powers, and then, of course, obviously being controlled by Kilgrave for, yeah, for but, so long. 
know? which was what six months to a year or something, something like that, like and that. then went through like years of like dealing with it, and like it actually mentions her therapy sessions. Oh and, yeah, like, I mean, she does that little thing where she counts down like the streets like near her home, like yeah, she has like, she to. actually learned coping mechanisms to deal with the aftermath. Well, she has to. I mean, it, it, and it begs the question: is what kind what what's left of a person after being totally controlled like that and being completely? I mean, not just mind fucked, but literally. You're yeah. controlled. I mean, well, not just mind fucked, but literally fucked. I mean, yeah. this has been very open about this being kind of a pretty heavy, like rape allegation like, throughout the whole thing. Sure. Or, yeah. Even as like kind of overall as an allegory for it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just because of his his superpower or super villain power. Mm. You know, he he completely takes advantage of the person and the problem with his yeah they don't have the ability to opt out of it like it's just overriding their decisions and the, the problem with his power is not only can he control them but the people remember it yeah they, it's not like they go blank and no no do it's just like they're wants. sitting in the background of their own mind, mind just yeah. watching it's it basically just John Malkovich yeah, yeah. essentially <clears throat> and they're just uh, it, it's like it's torture it's, oh yeah it's I mean, literally torture you have the one uh, female character that Kilgrave is taking control of when you first meet that character and like he convinces her to kill her parents in an elevator mm. and I mean she's aware of it witnesses the whole thing and is yep. just has to deal with that yeah that's that's one of the more disturbing scenes well there's a lot of there's a lot of disturbing scenes, scenes in this season man <laughs> but, like to be honest like as brutal as like some of the fight scenes were in Daredevil you go in terms of like disturbing no this season or Jessica Jones was, easily had to be it's it's at times it is very hard to watch. I'll be honest. There yeah. are there are moments. I mean, it's good, and you want to know what happens next. Yeah, I but... mean, it's one of those things like, like as violent as Daredevil it is. I, I think if you were like have a teenager, you could probably let them watch it without it being a thing. But with this, you might be a bit more cautious with it. I, yeah, I would say you'd probably. I wouldn't let my daughter watch this till she's nineteen. But uh, that's just me. Um, Obviously, the character, because of everything she's been through and the amount of loss, she's very jaded, mm. um, bitter, lost faith in pretty much everybody and everything. Yeah, and I then it say. kind of her job really doesn't help that because her job is kind of more or less looking for the worst parts of everything. Right, like I'm pretty sure that's almost like the opening monologue that she has in it. Yeah, because she's a PI. And yeah, that's, that's she's pretty much just looking for like the worst of humanity, and it's like that. Just yeah. after everything she's been through, that's an easy thing for her to do. Right, yeah. exactly. She can easily easily pick it out. Yeah. yeah. Also, some of my things really kind of interesting about the Jessica Jones character is how rarely she actually uses her abilities. Like, pretty much, like she'll use them like if she has to, but she doesn't really go out of her way and like jump from like rooftops or anything like that. Yeah, and I, I think that's because she doesn't want anybody to know. I think yeah, she'd like rather she, just stay she in the background. In background and just yeah literally blending in or, or just she, she doesn't want to be noticed yeah she and i mean you know and the funny thing is like her powers don't really even give her an advantage in dealing with Kilgrave, like because of how the entire mind control thing is set up outside of just building up a tolerance to it well then that that's the thing he knows that and she doesn't know that until about halfway or almost to the end really pretty much like three-fourths of the way through yeah yeah she doesn't understand that um so she is also obviously an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, but, but clearly I mean, her liver is processing it pretty well. Right. Um, I don't know. What do you think about her being an alcoholic, kind of the anti-superhero or reluctant hero at best, Brian? Well, I mean, we saw this once before with uh, Hancock. Yeah, that that's whole, true. The whole reluctant hero who mm. drinks and everything. Well, yeah. yeah, I think you have like reluctant heroes like throughout mythology pretty heavily as well. Like I think even like in. 
like a lot of the hero journeys aspects of it, you don't necessarily have the person going through the trials and tribulations of it completely willingly at first. Like sometimes there is resistance to it. I don't know, what do you, I mean, do you do you like the fact that they they portray her this way, Brian? Do you think it's yeah? I mean, I really character? I really enjoyed this whole series. Okay, I like I like the um, she's going through like her PTSD and everything else, and she overcomes it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it was it was a it was a nice overall story arc that wrapped itself up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't one of those like like we've like we've seen in some of the other shows we watch where. It's a story arc that we think is going to last the entire season. It takes two episodes, and then we're on to another story arc. Yeah, right. Like Luke like, Cage did. Luke Cage did that. A little we... bit, but I mean, like if we're giving an example of that, I think Gotham has been way worse about that. Oh, no, time. Gotham's real bad, but I was, I mean, I'm we're sticking with Marvel oh, yeah, Netflix. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Luke Cage kind of did that with us with Cottonmouth. Yeah. Like we were talking about, we just, we, we got to the point where we thought we were... Gonna like, go somewhere with it. Yeah, we're like, oh, I really enjoy starting to enjoy this Cottonmouth character, mm. and then he was dead. And you're yeah. like, what? Like, oh, Spoiler here's Diamondback. Like, what? Yeah. Like, it was like, I, I, I just this one felt more like a story with yeah, a gradual, it's all kind of yes. complete within its own universe. Yes. Like honestly, even if you hadn't seen Daredevil, you'd probably get most of what this show has to offer. Well, it's funny because this is actually the first one that I binge watched. Really? Like was you watched Jessica this before Jones. Daredevil? Yeah, I watched this one before I watched Daredevil. Mm. Because I knew season two was coming out of Daredevil. So you kind of wanted to watch this So I row. watched season one and season two of Daredevil back to back, like oh, all wow. in a row. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yes. I wish I kind of had that ability down. But, um, all right, let's move on to um, to Jessica's, uh, I guess, adopted sister or stepsister. I'm not sure how to It'd be adopted since uh, Jessica was adopted into her family after her parents died. Okay, so let's talk about Trish Walker. A.K.A. Patsy Walker, the child TV star. Or A.K.A. Hellcat. Possibly. We'll see. Well, in the comics version, at the very least. Right. Whether that actually becomes the case in the TV way show. Way skip way ahead of the notes, but yes, yes. Well, no, it's just like, if you, it's actually a fun comic. They're, um, around the time they released the Squirrel Girl comics, they did uh, Patsy Walker, A.K.A. Hellcat. It's a fun little you well, know, side comic. Side comic. Yeah, it's okay. actually pretty good. Okay, so she is... Besides that, she is Jessica's, we'll call her adopted sister. Mm. Um, she's a child star turned uh, radio talk show host therapist, I guess, is the best way yeah, to put um, it. I guess you kind of used to have these shows. sort of like call-in shows like more back in the day. I don't know if we really still have them now. I don't think they still exist. I think like sex talk and stuff like yeah, yeah, that. Like, I don't know. I guess like Dr. Drew or something like that. Like, I don't know. Uh, what was the one show? Kramer? Yes, well, Kramer would be... Yeah, that's like kind of what he did, right? Yeah, yeah, same thing. But yeah, like that sort of show set up, and I guess kind of capitalizing on her childhood stardom and, and you know, transition to radio host sort of thing instead of, like, musician or whatever the current or rea- for that is. Yeah, because it doesn't seem like they have reality stars, reality TV stars. Yeah. So that's what they, they would go into. Yeah. Radio. Yeah. So. And I'm kind of okay without reality TV being big in this universe. <laughs> like, you see it enough in ours. Yep. Way too much of it. Yeah. Um, she's really Jessica's only real friend and really a lifeline to Jessica in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, it's the only person she really maintains connections to outside of her neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that's kind of ruined by the time you hit midway through the season and realize he's only that way just because, you know, he has to for drugs. So Right. So, you know, they kind of have this, um, I don't know, I guess I would call it Sisters Against the World theme. Brian, what do you think? Um... 
mean you like sisters against the world. You mean like is like like a, they watch out for each other. Yeah, me and me and you versus the world. Kind of, yeah, yeah. kind of a feel to it. I, I think a little I could, bit, but I, could, I mean, at yeah. the same time, they're also so divided. You know, up until like midway through the season, that it doesn't really have that sort of feel until like the end. Really, I kind of got. I just figure that's just simple squabbling. Is how I kind of looked at it. I yeah. don't know. I mean, that's a way of looking at it. Just they, apparently, you know, like I think they mentioned that. After her recovery for or Jones's recovery from like Kilgrave, like more or less just stayed isolated for a very long period of time. And well, she did, but she never stopped trying to get a hold of her. She just wouldn't answer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, getting back to that, they watch out for each other. Uh, I mean, Jessica even protects her from her own mother, mm. who's very controlling, uh, and using, it kind of hints at being very abusive, abusive. even. Yeah. Because it hints at Trish having a very abusive childhood in a lot of ways. Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, she kind of only used Trish to gain her star status. Yeah, I mean, fact, definitely a stage mom sort of character. Oh, yeah, she definitely tried to use her daughter to get her stardom. Yeah. Kind of like that one, was that... Um... Honey Boo Boo? Yes! Yeah. yeah I was, that, that's what I was thinking of. Kind I don't of know, like, I, I saw the trailers and, like, clips of that, but I don't really know, like, the relationship dynamics there well basically it's the mother who's using her daughter to gain stardom and now the mother who's who's using the stardom of her daughter and the previous tv show to have her new tv show it's kind of just one of those like i don't know like i you kind of feel that way about a lot of pageant moms like i don't know if that's a scene but it's just like such a creepy subculture yeah but i mean with, with pageant moms they're just they like to have that they're like to be close to the spotlight, you know what I mean? I don't know, like, but I they don't have their own reality pageants, shows. I find child pageants so creepy, and which is why maybe I, I view it that anyway. way. I don't watch them anyway. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't either. It's just like I find it creepy just on a conceptual level. Like, yeah. It's just... Well, I, mean, I, well, I ran into that problem when with my daughter Caitlin when she was in dance, mm. and like I was like, oh, she's you know, she's learning dance and she's learning this. Yeah, it's and a that. skill set, right? But then they started dressing them up, and they told them that they had to wear this really red makeup and eyeliner and all this other stuff and I'm like why like what is why are we dressing them like this this is mm. weird yeah but it was I can see what you're saying though it's kind of creepy watching these things yeah but yeah she's she's like she takes it to the nth degree though because even when we're reintroduced to her mother she's actually the head of her own agency and she's looking mm. for the next next Trish Walker essentially or, yeah or Patsy Walker because yeah. she wants to attach herself to her precisely yeah. So. so pretty much he, you know, took that overbearing stage when I was like, I'll make a career out of it. Right. Make money off all the children that want to be popular and successful. Precisely. Yeah. At, yeah. at, at her, her gain. Her gain. Yeah. So. At, um, her, at her daughter's expense. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that does kind of leave Trish, like, you know, kind of paranoid, doesn't have the best dress relationships either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you actually do see her as, like, a Krav Maga student, like, it kind of builds into that, like, dealing with abuse, not letting people... You know, hurt her sort of thing. Pretty much, yeah. And it it also kind of leads into uh, Trish wanting Jessica to use her powers and to be a superhero because it's what she wants to do. She wants to aspire to yeah. be that. And I mean, I don't know, maybe that's out of like <coughs> a childhood fantasy of like defending others from like the things you've been through sort of thing. Probably. You know, that kind of retaking power sort of dynamic. Yeah. It, it could be taking the power back. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. Um she does know martial arts, though. We mm. kind of see a scene of her working out or whatever. She mm. had to stop because she injured herself, I a guess. self-defense class, wasn't it? Or something. Yeah, something like that. She had, like, like a that. self-defense tutor. Yeah. yeah. 
But she's. It was. Uh, I'm she, pretty positive it was Krav Maga, which is that Israeli self defense force thing. Uh-huh. So she is training, and I could see them maybe seeing Hellcat in season two. I don't yeah, know I you, mean it's. it's I, I'd like to see out. it. Like it's definitely kind of a lower hero thing. Like not necessarily like probably even kind of weaker than like Black Canary on the DC side, but kind of in that same sort of realm. Yeah. Where you know it's just like a martial artist kind of you know not really any superpowers, but just kind of you know. Doing what they can, sort of thing. Yeah, I, I kind of see her more of a. Uh, although she has powers, um, what's her name? Uh, Spider Man, um, Cat. Oh, it? Black Cat. Black yeah. Cat, yeah, kind of a feel to her. Yeah, yeah, I think Black Cat has like super strength. She or has, some shit, but yeah. Uh, yeah, she has like uh, Captain America's powers or something. Yeah, like it's that. something really close to it. Yeah, uh, but. She actually even does have like a fight scene within season one, though. So yeah, she does. Kick like some she ass. takes on the uh, one cop dude who, I guess they're hinting at being like nuke or something well, like that. You're getting ahead of us again, but yes, yes. But we'll like you, you have like a pretty heavy like fight scene there, whereas like she actually ends up kicking some ass. So yep. like the training does pay off, even if she does get pretty injured throughout the whole thing. Yep. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about Kilgrave, uh, played by uh, David Tennant. Um, you did a fucking fantastic job. Yeah. Um, like, you, like I only really knew this dude as being, like, one of the versions of Doctor Who. And then, like, you see this and, like, oh, that dude became super fucking creepy as a villain. I didn't see him in anything else until I saw him in this. And, wow. Um, just, uh, he did a phenomenal job, obviously. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot of his acting skills that allows his character to work. Yeah, I, I, I think I don't know. What did you think about David Tennant? I mean, it was phenomenal. Like I said, he was one of the one of the most so thus far one of the most iconic portrayals of a Marvel villain we've seen yet. Yeah, and the yeah. funny thing is, like, probably not coming back. Like, he exactly. gets killed off at the end of it. So there's unless you do some well, sort of like clone story, like it, that's not happening. Yeah, I mean, is, it's but it, it's, it's it's funny because you know. It's like Marvel has no no concept of how to do that. At the end of Captain America, they killed off Red Skull. Mm. Well, he's in space, but yeah. Well, that's debatable. I think he's still out there. I think I hope he's. <laughs> he's going to do the Doctor Evil storyline. <laughs> no, I, he, they, he gets the Tesseract well, yeah, shoots well, him up in yeah, the, space. The, but that's yeah, the, the, yeah, the Tesseract actually just kind of transported him. Okay, it was like a like a transporter beam. So he yeah. was up there somewhere, but where did he go? We don't know. Right, and <clears> then. Guardians of the Galaxy. And then, like, this one would have been like, oh, that he'd been so good. He'd been better in Civil War than Nemo, or Zemo would have been. Yeah. I don't know. I, I still think, I'm not sure he would have been great in Civil War, but as, like, a standalone villain, definitely fucking better. Yeah. Like, there's there's very few cats in the, like, villains that actually do as well. Like, I don't think his, like, childhood story kind of compares to what they did with Kingpin. But at the same time, even that was kind of an interesting backstory and actually well, made him a three-dimensional character. Well, I think he's the... I, I don't know about you guys, but I think he's the perfect predator with his, his mind control powers. He rapes people. He takes things yeah, I mean, from people. I mean, everything. He literally takes everything from Well, the people. funny thing is, like, it shows how he got there to a certain extent. Like, you had a kid who pretty much could just take whatever he wants. No one was able to tell him no. And it just... You let, you know essentially a sociopath just run loose and just with no restraints no no restrictions yeah uh, like you have that absolute power corrupting absolutely thing and there's a fucking perfect example what do you think brian about uh him being the perfect predator yeah i mean like it's it's painfully obvious watching that he can you know as he controls everybody 
and actually uses his powers kind of intelligently at times. Yeah. Well, he does. It's it's like I said. He's I mean he's so such a predator that he has his own therapy group for God's sakes. People yeah. are you know are getting together. It's like the Killgrave. Yeah, you know, I therapy mean, group. And the funny thing is, like, there's a point like early on this season when after the one lady kills her parents, where she's using that defense. People don't think he's fucking real. Like, it's just he's an urban legend at that point. Yeah, he's the boogeyman. Yeah, just because like, and that's. At, a universe that already believes super-powered people exist. They've had aliens falling out of the fucking sky. Mm-hmm. And the dude with mind-control powers is, is you know, too far out there. And, and, and kind of like what you were saying earlier, Aaron, he enjoys complete control and domination over people. Oh, yeah. Like, people been, are toys. Yeah. They literally are. They, are, they aren't toys. people. <laughs> no. Because he's been doing it, like you said, since childhood. Every, everyone is just a play toy for him to play with. Yeah. Essentially. Like, yep. you yep. really can take and do whatever he wants. If he was like, all right, I need you to jump off a building. People tried to jump off buildings. buildings. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what the one cop dude does after, like, he's told that he's done with them. Will something, yeah. Yeah. Um, his one, I guess if there's one thing that he, I don't know, there's a, a weakness that he has, it's Jessica. He, he's obsessed with Jessica. Brian well, yeah, his kryptonite, yeah. essentially, yeah. is the, Jessica Jones. Yeah, hey, what do you go ahead, Eric? Uh, I think the thing that's really funny is like it's not even about Jessica. It's that that lack of control. Yeah, like that's why he's obsessed with her is because he used her for so long that she just became immune to it. Don't be wrong. Having a superpower toy, I'm sure, is an upgrade from just your average person. Well, I think that was the part of the appeal at first. That's probably yeah. why he kept her for so long. Oh yeah, and never let go. He, you know that that was the initial appeal because now he suddenly he didn't have just a regular human being. He had a super-powered meta-human yeah. or whatever yeah, you want so to call Yeah, so, like, him. definitely is an upgrade in terms of toys, but it's interesting because he's... You look at all the forms of manipulation he moves to after, mm-hmm. like, he no longer can just control her directly, mm-hmm. and it's almost as bad as the fucking powers he has to begin with. Sure. Like, he buys her childhood home, he's willing to, like, just kill people randomly for every day she doesn't, you know, check in with them. And, and I don't know if what you guys think about this, but I think part of it is also that is not only does she, uh, he can no longer control her, part of it, but she rejects him flat out. Yeah. And, and he can't control that either. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I mean, that you always, you always want what you can't have. Yeah. And for him, that's the one thing he can't have. Yep, and he's been able to have everything he's ever wanted. Yeah, so I mean, life. it's the one thing that he's able to obsess over to that extent. Mm-hmm. It's the one exception to everything. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Luke Cage, um, aka Power Man in the comics. Yeah, um, he plays Jessica's love interest. Jesus Christ, does he play her love interest? Just, yeah, the uh, super-powered sex scenes. Oh, my goodness. Tearing like, apart a bed. Well, no, it's, it's, it, cause it's funny because, like... You've never broken a bed? Oh, sure. I have. Like, 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 like once, they, once they realize that neither one of them can be hurt, Yeah, they just fucking go at it, and it's just well, yeah. like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was kind of a funny moment because, yeah, generally they're your characters that would have to restrain themselves in that with anyone else exactly like and it's the only time they can probably feel free in that and it, scenario and then like and you look you watch the cracks happen in the wall yeah. and you watch the bed break and you're like what the fuck <laughs> uh, he plays part-time sidekick um well, kind to of. jessica kind of 
And like, he has his moments. The the cool little twist though in the whole series and spoiler alert coming up is Jessica had actually killed his wife while under Kilgrave's control. Yeah, that was actually the thing that kind of snapped her out of Kilgrave's control. Weirdly enough, once she finally killed somebody, that's what snapped her out of it. Yeah. It's an interesting twist. I really liked it. I don't know what you think about that twist, Brian. Well, it, you know? so there was that part of the twist, but what I thought was really weird was that she stalked him first. Like she would sit across the alley because she like. She was obsessed with the fact that she did kill his wife. Mm. Yeah. And, and then she ended up kind of stalking him in between and she, jobs. She and stalked him and she would go sit and drink on a on the um the, the catwalk across mm. the street from the bar. Yeah, and she kind of has the hots for him. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. She, and she'd sit there and just watch, and watch him and stuff. And then all of a sudden, you're, then they kind of they kind of meet and he thinks it's random. And she's just like, this has been planned for months. Yeah, it was one of those things like... Or it wasn't oh, meant to be planned for yeah, months, well, but it's been like an obsession in the back of her head for yeah, months. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things like, well, Kilgrave's a predator, but was she a predator too? I mean, because she's kind of stalking, and then all of a sudden now she's with him, and... It, it's I wouldn't necessarily put her in the predator category, but definitely obsessed. Definitely, yeah, you it know... Was a, it was an itch she needed scratched, I guess. Well, it's <laughs> dealing with like her own sort of like survivor's guilt about the entire incident because i mean she clearly is a victim in that scenario even though she is technically the person that kills his wife but not because she has a choice right so you do have that kind of survivor's guilt and that kind of obsession in dealing with that as part of you know everything yeah i maybe i i i don't know if that necessarily lends to her being like don't watching him like constantly or like it's a weird interpretation of it but it's a plausible one i think like it's the mind does really weird things when it's trying to cope with things and like it's just one of those things Uh, like i said to me it was just an itch she wanted scratched and she found a way (laughs) well it's not like she knew he was super powered like when she was first stalking him or obsessed with him and i'm pretty sure she didn't know about um that that was his wife until later in the episode she figures it puts two and two together later so Oh, like after she sees like her, after her they've picture. hooked up, yeah, yeah. and then, then she that's puts possible. It together. So um, because you do see them first introduced when she's actually following a girl he's hooking up with because she's cheating on her husband as like part of the PI thing. Yeah, it's kind of sort. Of, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that part. So um, he obviously wants to protect Jessica from Kilgrave. Ironically, of course, he ends up under Kilgrave's yeah. super Kilgrave. By that point, it's control. Oh, yeah, because he does that one little certain thing to boost his abilities. Yeah, he uses his dad to, to make his abilities better. Takes yeah. His, you know. Yeah, the whole weird relationship with his parents thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it was pretty good. It was a, a very good introduction to the character overall because yeah, it was a good I setup actually, for the Luke Cage series. Obviously. The funny thing is I feel like it actually set up the Luke Cage series better than how the Luke Cage series eventually ran with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I actually think it was a really good introduction. I mean, he's a likable character. Um, you do see that he is actual kind of possible to injure him a little. I mean, it takes a shit ton to do it. Well, it took like a shotgun to the shell just to give him to knock him down, and that's when Claire comes in back into the picture. But still, yeah, yeah. I mean, that has like swelling on his brain and things like that. So I, it really does take a lot. Like it really shows like his you know demos his powers really well. Oh yeah, because. He actually does more kicking ass than she does, I think, in the series. In the some series. ways, but that's because you're dealing with her on a more emotional level and just using him as kind of a, a physical... Bronze. Yeah, yeah, Bron. Yeah. But, I mean, she kicks ass at times. It's just 
she doesn't use her powers all that frequently. Like she really is kind of relying on just her normal everyday skill set much yeah. more heavily. Uh, Brian, what did you think about the use of Luke and Jessica? Oh, I like Luke and this better than I like Luke and Luke Cage. Really? You, yeah. you feel the same? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so look, briefly, uh, Claire Temple, let's talk about her. She basically, she's kind of thrown back in there. She doesn't have a lot to do with this storyline, Jessica yeah, Jones. I mean, she's, she's pretty brief. She's yeah. the linchpin of everything for the right. for the defenders, so that's why they threw her in. Right. Because she has that connection with all of the characters. With every one of them. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she helps pack, pack patch up Luke when he doesn't get injured. When yeah, I mean, there's wrong. that kind of cool thing where she's going in through like that little bit of like... Uh, was it the one duct of the eye gland in order to try to reduce swelling on swelling the brain? brain, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of a creepy fucking scene in its own way. Yeah. That's Just from, like, that kind of surgical yeah, standpoint. Yeah, I don't like anything to do with the eyes. So, yeah, it really creeped me out. Thanks yeah. for bringing that. I had forgotten about that. <laughs> it's uh, kind of an interesting scene, yeah. though. Like, it's... it's uh, like, in terms of the show being more graphic, like, that's one of those moments. Yeah, I don't like anything to do with the eyes. It creeps me out. Um, all right. <laughs> you mean like this? Ah! Stop. <laughs> <laughs> But again, she's drawn back into the superhero world. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, and I think it makes good back. use of her. I think Dawson does a really good role, or you know, a good job with that role. Yep. Even though in this case, it doesn't always have you know the most lines or no, most she, you know. I think she's in what two episodes? I think total. Yeah, if, if two that. or three. Yeah. So, um, all right. So let's move on to Will Simpson, um, who you might not think's a big character at first, but he definitely evolves into one as. Yeah, like this I, is not something I expected out of this at all. I didn't see this one coming at all. I thought he was going to be in the one episode and it was going to be a one and done and yeah, that, I, that would be it. You really weren't expecting it to turn into this whole thing. You have like the background story with the military thing. You're like, yeah. Like um, at first I was like, and especially because it's a character I'm actually not that familiar with to begin with. Well, I wasn't either. And the fact that he's the way they introduce him, he's introduced as a cop under Kilgrave's control. Mm. And Jessica just happens to save him before he jumps off the building. Mm. And that's how he's introduced. And you're like, oh, he's just a victim. And then suddenly he becomes kind of Jessica's sidekick for a brief period of time. Well, he's, you know, has a thing for Trish and well, yeah, like they're kind of getting along. Then eventually becomes, it's like it, it, they just kept building with it. and he, they just, Yeah, like you're almost expecting it. It's weird because you don't necessarily, he, you don't know where he's on in terms of like his side every time. Like, yeah. And sometimes he is working against Kilgrave. Sometimes he's going in this a most Punisher-like direction of just, I'm going to wipe out everyone. He who's... definitely has that kind of Punisher mentality. What do you think, Brian? Yeah. yeah. yeah no. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, he, we find out later he has special forces training. Mm. And you have, like, this weird medical thing that goes along with that. Yeah. It, and it, <laughs> Weird, like, Jason Bourne program. Kind of, yeah, very much. I was going to bring that up. Very good point. Yeah. Um, his obsession uh, with, uh, with getting Kilgrave kind of that's what turns him extreme. That obsession yeah. with yeah, he has to have Kilgrave. Yeah, and he honestly, like because I'm not familiar with the new character, like I actually really thought, like, is this their version of Punisher they're rolling with? That's a weird way to introduce that. But I was never thinking it, Punisher, though. But I was just I was confused half the time. I was like, this guy just keeps getting, uh, and he looked just like Captain America there for a while too. And I <laughs> yeah, was like, you're like like. He's obviously he's got to be somebody important. Who are we trying trying to make him yeah. out yeah. to be? And they never really said because no, when, they never really say it flat out. And, and again, when they first ter- make him into a good guy sidekick, he looks just like Captain America. They dress him kind of like Captain America in mm. street clothes. 
the haircut. Yeah, it is actually pretty similar. Like, yeah. it's definitely a very military-inspired yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, and I, was, I kept thinking, man, he looks just like Captain America the whole time I'm watching it. And yeah. then he slowly morphs into this more obsessed, creepy, yeah, like, more and more well, creepy it, character. It, Takes a well, very dark turn. It, it actually justifies that with the abusing, like, the drugs, like, in the program thing, in order to give himself more power. Right. So you also have that kind of weird control element with the character as well. Because you see him trying to take charge, trying to be protective, and kind of, in some ways, well-intentioned, but at the same time, he's, in order to get to that point, he's kind of letting himself go deranged and kind of losing control of he himself. He loses control of himself. He really does. And, um, you know, it, the uh, and that's why Jessica and Trish both end up rejecting him. Yeah. You know, because he's gone Because he's gone nuts. fucking batshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he returns. That's when he That's when he goes back to the Black Ops program. I don't know what else to call it because we don't know yet. Yeah, it never really gives There's too much in terms of, of origin. There's a company. I can't remember. It's, do you remember, Brian? It's going to be, it sounds like it's going to be the villain maybe for season two. Um, you think so? Yeah, because it's lick, somehow it's linked to Jessica as well. The oh, same okay. company. Oh, yeah, I, I know uh, what you're talking about. It might be the same company from Luke Cage, too, now that I think about it. Um, oh, well, I think in Luke Cage they had the Hammer Corpse thing, which is a link to Iron Man. Is it two or three? Two. Three. Uh, two. Iron Man 2. Yeah, yeah. two. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so he, he starts taking these colored pills. There's red and there's blue. Mm. And uh, I guess that's the major <laughs> clue, because I didn't know about this nuke character, but... Apparently, there's a character in Nuke, and he has he doesn't have a he has a tattooed face of the American flag on his face. Obviously, mm-hmm. Will Simpson doesn't have that. Yeah, but that Nuke takes pills that are red, white, and blue. They mm-hmm. give him different abilities. So obviously, that's what everybody thinks that that's the character they're turning him into. That he's going to be this this Nuke. I know. Character. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they bring him back. I'd love to see like where that character goes. Whether you do that as like a contrast to a Punisher standalone or as a you know another character with Jessica Jones I'd be fine either way if you put him with with Punisher that's going to be a very violent violent show oh yeah Uh, but I mean if they do a Punisher standalone it's going to be a very violent show Uh, but yeah but you put those two in the same room together Jesus like both just flipping out of vigilantes both viewing each other they're basically the the same person just one's more crazy yeah one takes drugs the other doesn't um, I think it's really weird that Marvel keeps putting these people in positions that are pro-America, like, do the right thing, and they're getting their abilities because of stuff they take. Well, like, Captain America. <laughs> right, right, but Captain America was a one-off. Like, he only took it one time, and that's way he stayed. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just a but super you, soldier, right, essentially. Right. But, but you have you have this guy, and mm-hmm. then you have the guy from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which one? Are you talking about Ward? No, no. Um, the uh, the new guy, the new chief, the new head guy in charge. Oh, you're you're talking about um, uh, the Patriot. Yeah, yeah. So he gets shot, mm. and it's, so it's like it's one of those things. Like, like it's a pretty like classic sci-fi trope, isn't it? Like that kind of super soldier programs making you know, like it's up there with like killer robots. Right. But what I'm saying is like it's it's, it's just odd that that's like, seems to be a recurring thing for Marvel. Like, like they keep you kind of have some of those like, characters like, in DC. Like they're players. trying to say it's the American Wire. Yeah, like they're, like they keep trying to they're trying to do the right thing, but it always turns out bad. I don't know. Like it's kind of like if you look at Red Hulk, it's kind of a similar storyline in that regard as too. Uh, but DC has a couple of those characters that are just not as prevalent. Like I can't remember the DC dude, but there is one that's just like giant dude 
big fucking arsenal of guns, but it's kind of stupid. I don't know. The characters do exist in the Um, DC universe as well. They're just not necessarily on the DC shows to the same extent. Yeah. I don't know. Um, But yeah, it's... uh, I did... I do kind of like how they they snuck him in there without us realizing it until after the fact. Like, I think it's... Kind of like Hellcat. I didn't know that she was Hellcat. There was even a possibility of her being Hellcat. Well, that's one of those things, like, it's another character that's kind of small, and it's like, I wasn't even really aware of the character until around the time the show came out or a little after. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool how they're doing character building without us even knowing. I like that kind of yeah, surprise. I think it's, like they, they give us the backstory before we even know who the bring the backstory. Yeah, for. you have no idea that you're what you're watching. It's like it's like, setting up like multiple things at once. Well, and it, it, it works. makes you look even closer when you're watching these shows. You're like, oh yeah, there's is lots that, of Easter eggs in a lot of these yeah, things. Is this is that who I think it is? Or you know, yeah, it, there's a lot of setups for either fun. other Defender shows or other characters, mm-hmm. and kind of. I think it works well in the long term because it gives them places to branch out to within the film or TV universe. Yeah. Because there's a lot of characters that, even though as many as that are going to show up in Infinity Gauntlet, there's still a lot of smaller characters you can choose from within the Marvel universe. Oh, sure. There's a there's thousands. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, like, a, there's quite there, the catalog. You have quite a backlog of people you can go through and kind of pick who out you know pick out who you want. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we've dissected it pretty well, so let's just go right into final thoughts and grades. All right, Aaron, I'll let you go first, sir. Uh, in terms of grade, this would be an A+. Like, this is a really rewatchable show in terms of the Netflix stuff, or actually even shows in general. Not only do you have probably one of the best villains in the Marvel, you know, universe, you also have it played so well. You have deep, dynamic, three-dimensional characters. And don't get me wrong, you do have the occasional, like, characters that are odd, like the neighbors, that it kind of maybe didn't play out as well as like was they were hoping. But overall, like, there was just so much going on in this. Like, you, it was hard to, like, step away from, like, binge-watching this entire season. Yeah, I'll uh, build off that and say, yeah, I agree. It, I would probably give this one a solid A. Um, it was uh, very well done. I knew nothing about it when I started watching it. In fact, Brian Ankerbauer got me. He's like, you've got to watch this. You've got to watch this. Because I wasn't even going to watch it. I was like, who's Jessica Jones? Why should I care? Mm-hmm. Uh but uh, yeah, it was. I was incredibly surprised, incredibly taken back. Uh, at times, it takes really dark turns, maybe a little too dark at times, and that's the reason why I'm not going to give it an A plus. But for my liking, but all that being said, it is still a very damn good show, and is well worth your time. And uh, definitely should check it out, uh, Brian. Yeah, I, I binge watched this in two days. Um, I mean, it was just it was that that addicting. Like probably if I could have. If I'd have known how good it was, I would have started it earlier in the day to watch, try to watch it all in one day. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was just that good. Like when you're sitting there watching, you're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it kept taking twists you weren't expecting to, which it, was one of the best parts of it. Wasn't that predictable? And it was only 13 episodes too, so it's not like you're gonna, you know, you're wasting 24 episodes, 22 episodes like a regular show. Or mm. it was 13, so it was just long enough to have your interest the entire time without getting too drawn out. There was the, the the natural progression story arc. There wasn't a, you know, you're following one thinking that's going to be it, and then that's it. It was there was that gradual buildup of Kilgrave, and mm-hmm. you knew of him the whole time. It wasn't a, we're just going to introduce this character four episodes from the last one, and this yeah. is what the whole thing's been building up to. And I really like uh, Kristen Ritter, uh, like her portrayal. She was also um, on Breaking Bad. 
Oh, that's right. She was the uh, yeah. girlfriend that overdosed. Yeah, she was also in Breaking Bad. She was in a few other a few other movies um, that I'd seen. Uh, she was in that one movie, Big Eyes. Um, I haven't seen that one yet. I saw part of it, and it wasn't that great. But she was in that. She was in the, the, the B from Part 23, mm. with which I thought was hilarious. I don't know why they got rid of that. That was really good. But that character she played on there, that's why I actually watched Jessica Jones. It's good you like that show. Because I liked the B from Part 23. I was like, I really like her. I wonder how she's going to be in this show. And she turned out to be pretty good. So, yeah, A-plus on my end. Okay, copy that. All right, so where can you find Horror Midwest, guys? You can, uh, it's real, real simple now. We have our own website now. You go to the number four, MidwestGuys.com. There you'll have find links to our iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. It's all right there as well as all of our podcasts are there. There are links at the top that categorize our podcast. So if you just like listening to these binge watch episodes, you can click the binge watch link and it will show just the binge lock, binge watch uh the podcasts. Uh, if you want to listen to just our Star Wars Rebels, you click Star Wars Rebels. If you want to listen to Miss Marvel DC Kings, you click Marvel DC Kings. They're all different kinds of categories on there to choose from and click. You can also leave us comments there. There's a contact us uh, link. You click there. You type in your email address. Type us a little note and message, and it comes right to our email account. Plenty of ways to reach out to us. You can comment on each individual podcast. Please do so. We want to know how we're doing. We want to know we're doing right. We know what we're doing wrong. Let us know. So again, that is the number four MidwestGuys.com. Number four, type the number four MidwestGuys.com. Dot com. <laughs> so check us out. All right, guys. Well, I want to, uh, Aaron, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Mr. Anchor Bowers, always. Thanks for having me, man. And for B. Willie, say we will catch you next time. <laughs>